This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig on Moose FM. Good morning and welcome to the show. A little later on, we're going to be catching up with Brenda Baumeister. She's a longtime uh, caller and texter on the morning show. She is retiring today after 35 years working at the Fort St. John Hospital. She's also wrapping up a wonderful fundraiser her and her granddaughter Peyton were doing for the Peace Villa. So we're going to catch up with all that and more coming up in just a few minutes. But first, uh, we're going to talk a bit about this Rainbow Lake Connector Highway. I think that's the correct term for it. Um, It's a highway that would go essentially between Fort Nelson and Rainbow Lake, Alberta. It would connect to high level. Uh, It's been something that I believe has been bandied about for decades at this point. It recently came up again at a council meeting, so we thought we'd dig into it a little bit with the mayor of the Northern Rockies Regional Municipality, Rob Fraser. Rob, welcome to Moose Talks. Thank you for joining me today. Good morning, Dub. You're welcome. All right. Well, tell me a bit about this uh, this project. Uh, what what would what is it first of all, and and what would it mean for the region if if it were to be constructed? Yeah, that, that that's a loaded question. Maybe you don't <laughs> know how loaded that question is. It it, it has been uh, since the early '60s. Wow. I think the, the yeah the communities of uh, Rainbow Lake High Level and the Mackenzie County over in Alberta have been interested in extending their Highway 58 mm-hmm. over to the SYD uh, road here in uh, in in the north Northern Rockies. So there's pros and cons to to both sides of 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 that. The the pros uh, and there are a lot of pros. The first pro is that we're connected and we're talking to each other. Uh, as northern communities, uh, resource communities that uh, have similar uh, issues and, and difficulties. But mm-hmm. uh, we had uh, we had uh, the mayor, Mayor McAteer from High Level. We had uh, Reeve uh, Nelson from Mackenzie County, and Mayor uh, Ferris from uh, Rainbow Lake, and and all their councils. And as well, we had our council. And we had uh, most of the council, uh, the chief and council of the Fort Nelson First Nation. Mm-hmm. So some of the some of the positives, obviously, are are uh, increased ability for tourism. We, you know, you, eventually you could you could build a circle route, uh, Grand Prairie, High Level, Rainbow Lake, Fort Nelson, down the Alaska Highway, Fort Saint John, Dawson Creek. You, you can you can make a circle then. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it makes easier access from northern Alberta to northern BC for people who might want to go up the Alaska Highway from that part. And the reverse is true. Anybody from here who has relatives, because they are close-knit communities with respect to historical families, and so the ability to go back and forth would be uh, would be increased. Right now, you can get there, but you've got to go up Highway 77 or over Fort Simpson and then down down to Hay River uh, that way to get to that that part, or all the way down through Fort St. John and yeah. then up again. So, so it's a it's a big it's a big distance. Uh, another advantage is uh, the railhead that we have and they don't have. So their agricultural products, grain in particular. Could come to Fort Nelson. Of course, if we were able to get our our rail uh, rail issues sorted out, uh, there, there's some of the agricultural products could come this way. Mm-hmm. 
for our from our perspective agriculturally we have a few producers here that that do fairly well it opens up a market over there to to them mm-hmm. so there are some there are some there are some positives to uh the negative side, though, I, I think for us is uh, is that economy has been wrapping tighter and tighter on itself for, well, since 2009, really, when, when the forest industry started to pull out and the oil and gas industry pulled out. Right now, the economy of um, the economy of reclamation of the of the of the petroleum industry, so yeah. those wells that have that have uh, been depleted, that is really uh, keeping our, our contractor base uh, alive mm-hmm. and well. And the fear, of course, is <clears throat> is that if we opened up uh, this oil patch to the Alberta side, that contractors may come over here and uh, and scoop up some of that work. And my experience from working out there back back in the early days when we had winter roads going back and forth is that you saw many, many more contractors coming to BC than you saw contractors going from BC to Alberta. Mm-hmm. So the history is just not there that it would be a shared short shared access. So uh, I, there are some of us who are concerned about that. The chief is very concerned about uh, the environmental aspects of, of what might happen. This yeah. is this, sorry, Rob. This would be Chief uh, Charlene Gale of the Fort Nelson First I'm sorry, Nations. Chief, right? yeah. That's right, yeah. Chief Chief Gale. So uh, she made it very clear that uh, she had concerns about treaty rights. She had concerns about the the, the caribou and moose in this particular area. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty sensitive in that it. Uh, it's boreal forest, uh, but it's also a lot of muskeg. And so there are a lot of caribou, and they're trying to grow the caribou herds uh, out there. I mean, they're not in as bad a state as the caribou herds perhaps in the south. Yeah. Uh, but at, at the same time, it's, it's something that the nation is, is, is concerned about from a caribou perspective. Um, they are also concerned about uh, the, uh, the, the sensitivity of, of the of the land there's been historical use there for many 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 generations and maybe millennia uh, understanding that in the summertime when the ground is not froze there's a lot of muskeg there mm-hmm. and so the, the communities traveled in the high grounds in the high ground of course is where you want to build a road and of course that's going to be through sensitive traditional territory and and I think they really uh, as a nation would want to make sure that all of those sensitivities are taken care of nobody's come out and said no way jose yeah. you know it's it's uh it's let's talk uh but right now i th- i think there's probably more resistance from our side than from theirs we haven't even talked about the province mm-hmm. right <laughs> who's going to build this it's across some of the the worst country in the world for building roads on you know we're probably talking tens of millions of dollars yeah uh, to build a, a road like that, it's finished on the Alberta side. Essentially, they're almost to the border. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have trouble getting $50,000 for the road out to the airport from this from this government. Uh, you know, never mind millions for a, a road across. However, if there was a, there's some national projects with respect to linear corridors across the north, mm-hmm. became if it became part of a, a you know, an east-west linear corridor, uh, resource corridor, either right across the entire country or even from from uh, Hudson Bay to the coast mm-hmm. across the northern parts of our province, uh, then the national interest, I think, would take over. And it would open these gas fields that we have uh, to the east coast and wow. any LNG projects that might want to go there. So so there's uh, there's pros and cons, and, and, and I'm glad the dialogue is open. Yeah, I, there's lots to chew on there. I, I can definitely 
here are the challenges that are kind of lay ahead of this. I, I have to ask, though, why why is this come up again suddenly? Was this someone expressed interest? Was it you know you're you're the new mayor? You're like I don't know. Why don't we why don't we sit down and talk about this again? Since it's obviously happened before that we've had chats about this, as you said, for the past fifty sixty years now, but nothing has come of it for a variety of reasons, probably many of which you've already named. Why did it come up again at this recent council meeting? I think that every approach about this connecting road has been brought up by the by the Alberta communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think there's been a council uh, in Fort Nelson and now the Northern Rockies that's ever broached the topic. Mm-hmm. So they uh, they introduced the topic, sent us a letter back in uh, in the fall, shortly after the election. And and I don't know if this is a common practice for them that when there's a new council elected that they that they initiate this discussion again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it it's certainly coming from uh, from their side more than than it is from our side. I see. So you know the discussion is open again, as you say. Again, as you also say, lots of money would be required for a project. This would be massive uh, because of the the all the sort of moving parts in it, including the terrain that it has to cross there. What's kind of next in this process then, do you think, now that everyone's sort of talking about what they think now and, and, and you know, what their concerns might be with it? Yeah, I, I think if, <clears throat> if uh, we, we left it really at open, mm-hmm. and uh, if they want to come back to us and sort of give us a, a better indicator of, uh, of the, the positive nature of, uh, to the Northern Rockies and, and to BC and some ideas about how, where the funds might come from to actually mm-hmm. get this done. You know, whether the, their province is prepared to, to get involved or there, there are this national corridor that I talked about. There are, uh, there's much more activity on the Alberta side with respect to that. The University of Calgary has been doing a big study. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the uh, Ministry of Transportation and Infrastructure that they have there, I think maybe it's the Ministry of Highways, they, uh, They've got some projects on the go um, that we've been talking to them uh, about at a very, very high level. <clears throat> They've introduced it to some of the mayors over here in, uh, in the Northeast. So, uh, you know, I think if those go anywhere, there'll be, there'll be a, a bigger approach. Uh, Chief, Gale, Chief Gale has asked them to uh, interact with the nations uh, on the Alberta side, and that might lead to uh, more discussions. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're sort of in a holding pattern right now. Yeah, and I suppose they, there may be no real discussion also until Alberta has their election and then we find out who's uh, next in government over there, too, if that's even a possibility yeah. of going to them. So, okay. Well, this yeah. is really fascinating. Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens next on this. Uh, Mayor Fraser, I really appreciate you taking a few minutes to kind of outline this for us, and uh, we'll be following this story closely. Thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome, and uh, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. That's Mayor Rob Fraser, the mayor of the Northern Rockies Regional Municipality. We'll be right back to chat with Brenda Baumeister, right here on Moose Talks. Welcome back to the program. I'm Dub Craig. Now we're here to talk with somebody who's retiring after several years, and by several I mean 35 years at the Fort St. John Hospital. Uh, Full disclosure, she also calls and texts in on the morning show, so we know her very well. We're very glad to be joined now by Brenda Baumeister and her granddaughter Peyton. Good morning to both of you. Thanks for being here this morning. Thanks for having us. All right. So we're going to start with the fundraiser you've been working on this past month. Uh, Brenda, you were on the the morning show, I believe, to chat about it. And uh, you guys are kind of doing this together. Tell us a bit about the the fundraiser you've been doing. 
Okay, well, I'll <laughs> tell you what. Oma will begin. So quite a while ago, um, Peyton came to me and said, Oma, I want to donate my hair. I want to uh-huh. cut it and donate it to the children's um, wig program. Uh-huh. And I said, wow, that's awesome. The next time she says, oh, and I would like you to join me. And I'm like, well, I have no hair to, to donate. Uh-huh. Um, but I tell you what, you know what? Oma's done it before, so I decided I was going to shave my hair. Uh-huh. Then we talked about it and decided that let's let's put the funds towards the care home activity program. Yeah. You know, um, through the hospital foundation, it's a great program and they're trying to advance it and my mom's in the care home so I see straight on what that what the program does for these um, residents yeah so this is what we decided the plus side to that is I started my career at the care home mm-hmm. so I thought what a way to end my career in yeah. helping out in that way mm-hmm. but I think it is really about Peyton Mm-hmm. 11 years old and deciding to do this I think is a phenomenal a phenomenal thing to do like Absolutely. just in general like for her to actually say that she wants to do this I mean I think it's great yeah because I mean if you're watching the video online uh, Peyton you have quite a bit of hair what what do you think inspired you to do this was it that yeah your Oma had done it before uh, was there something else that happened to you or a story you heard that you just felt like this is something I want to do this is uh a ritual I want to go through? Um, well, I wanted to grow my hair long and then cut it short, so then I decided to donate it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great reason. Matter right? of fact. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, so that's been going on for the past month that you've been uh, you know, fundraising for this. I think your goal was $5,000, so you've blown past that, haven't you? Yes, we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the total is, uh, well, I told you, Dub. I think it was like 6340 at at this exact moment so yeah, far. So. Yeah, but, you know, at the actual haircutting um, at 2 o'clock today in the Fort St. John Hospital main lobby, we will have some cupcakes and coffee, which were donated by Canadian Grind. Yeah. And we're going to charge $5, and that will also go towards our fundraiser. Uh, we have some beautiful winter scarves that will also, people can just choose one and just give a donation of their choice. Wonderful. Peyton, how are you feeling about the fact that you're going to have a shaved head in a couple hours here? Uh, I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness it's not winter time, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I'm really glad uh, you both came by. Brenda, I mean, you, you've you already mentioned that you started your career some 35 years ago over at uh, the care home. I guess this would be at the old hospital, right? Um, how, what... What led you to a career in nursing, kind of in the first place? What made you decide that that's what you wanted to do? Well, it is quite a wonderful story. So when I was five, Mm -hmm. uh, so that's 50 years ago, my father had a really bad truck accident. Yeah. um, Was in Edmonton for quite a few months. And when he returned, I wouldn't leave his side. Mm -hmm. So I would go to physio, I'd go to his doctor's appointments, all that kind of stuff. And I just watching him go through his rehab program, I decided then that's what I wanted to do. I I wanted to take care of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so as I grew and went into school and continued on, I just kept that that goal, that inspiration in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was a care aide at the old hospital, the one, the, the very first one we had, the three-story house. <laughs> um, and 
you know, that was kind of a neat thing to listen to her stories. Um, you know, by the time I was born, she, she wasn't working anymore. But, and then my aunt in Vancouver, she was also a nurse. And I mm-hmm. just, it was just kind of a, um, a neat thing for a young person to see and hear stories and realize that, yeah, that's, that's really what I want to do. And so I just went with it. Mm-hmm. I, you've probably seen and, and heard a lot of things at that time. I wonder if I can press you for a story about something you saw or, or something you were a part of that you remember that really left an impression on you kind of in the last 35 years in nursing. Well, the one story that really comes to my mind is I had a lady that I was looking after. Um, she was a younger person mm-hmm. and her issues that she had. So I was her nurse for quite a while. Um, and she just, the way she talked to me, the way we talked together and un- unfortunately she did pass, Yeah. but you know, there was a sign. She had an angel on her, on her curtain we had put up there. Yeah. And after she passed, you know, we do our little thing that we need to do, of course. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, you go in your merry way, go home or whatever. And a couple months later, I was just thinking, you know, and remembering as we all do. Mm-hmm. Um, and she came to me and I just realized, and I was working for about five years at the time. And I realized that I definitely chose what I needed to choose for me. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a true part of me, mm-hmm. and I realized that you know that's how it goes for some people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, and and there's so many stories, so many wonderful stories, and I always tell people, you know, um, our son became a nurse actually, and he works in Prince George. And I said to him, I said when he decided to become a nurse, I said, oh, you're hooped there, buddy. And he goes, well, what do you mean, mom? I said, because you're you, you got me as a mom. Mm-hmm. You know, you will never forget. You learn every day. You will never forget the fundamentals, the basics of the nursing. You have machines, you have medications, you have lots of things to have to do, but you will not forget who it is you're actually working with and who you're actually caring for. You're going to, you just need to know in your heart, no matter what, you go home and you say to yourself, you were able to give something to this person to make their day better. Mm-hmm. And you'll always have, as I say, good, bad, and the ugly. You at all at all times but you just have to remember in your soul that you were able to help and and i know deep down you know that i was able to help people and and you know it's it's i worked with many you know maternity the medical the surgical many different areas and that is what i went in with it and that's what i was able to take away Mm -hmm. and no one can take that away from you you no matter who you are that's who you are what do you think has changed the most about your job in 35 years? That is a really big question. <laughs> um, I mean, we obviously, advances in medical technology and, and, and even research has probably changed the job a lot. But is there something that you go, this has been amazing to see evolve from when I started to, you know, today? You, you know what? Absolutely. Um, machines. Okay. Yeah. Right. You know, the different IV machines, the different x-ray machines all that but you know what the biggest thing is we are able to do more for our clients right Mm -hmm. our patients um you know the fundamentals of the nursing care is your basic stuff of of you know whatever you need to do for them that day or whatever that may look like but you know you're you're able to say you can do more for their Mm -hmm. care right i mean there's more lives being 
you know, protected. There's all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's kind of neat in that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, training is pretty much the same, but you have the bigger picture. And I, I think to say it lightly, there's, when, when you get changed, and so the better uh, stuff to look after people, whether that's, again, the machines, the beds are better, that's for sure. I have to say that thing. We used to crank the beds up. So for me personally, <laughs> now we have electric beds, which yeah. is more comfortable for patients and much easier for us on our backs. Yeah, Quite absolutely. simple. So, you know, but still, the same, the same fundamentals of the nursing care is there. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets busy. It definitely does. I mean, we just came out of a pandemic. I yeah. mean, that was really hard on, on most nursing staff, I know, and physicians and, and many people, right? And I think it was hard on a lot of the, the staff when they had to go home and speak to families. And families would really be, what's going on? Why are we doing this? Why are yeah. they doing that? Why didn't they do that? And it's like, whoa, okay. Um, <laughs> because you have that, right? Yeah. And But I commend all the staff and everything at the hospital that I've worked with, not just the nurses, I'm talking everybody. Mm-hmm. We're all part of the of, of the main thing. What is the main thing? The main goal is you're looking after the patient and that's why we're there, mm-hmm. right? And whether you're whether they're young, old, you know, we, 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 we have, we welcome babies in, we look after young people, elderly, accidents, this, that, diseases. And then sometimes we're there to, to help for them to pass over and that is a big thing. Mm-hmm. What do you think you're going to miss the most? My patients. Just yeah. the day-to-day interactions, yeah. talking, yeah. helping. And teaching and, and knowing that you make a difference. Absolutely. I will say that for sure. The patients. I love the staff. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> it's the patients that I'm going to miss. Wow. All right. Well, Brenda, you probably already know this, but uh, you are one of the nominees and winners of our Women of FSJ contest this past week. So we thought live on the air we'd spring this on you and bring someone in to uh, to uh, bring your prize in. Hopefully, hopefully, oh, somebody's coming now. <laughs> Just to say uh, congratulations and all that good stuff for you. Um, your nomination talked a lot about the work you've done in the community and the patients you helped and uh, your longtime friend, Lisa, who works for us, is just off camera there. Oh. Um, thank you so much. Thank you, <laughs> thank you Lisa. Um, okay, well, <laughs> hugs, hugs to my friend out there, um, if she's listening. Viva, you're wonderful. Um, and everyone else, thank you so much. It's been a wonderful career, and I wouldn't change a minute of it. Brenda, I hope you keep listening to the morning show, too. Oh, I I will be, except I'll be drinking with my cup of coffee beside me. Yeah, (laughs) excellent. Thank you so much for everybody. thank you for being here. Peyton, thank you for coming by. Good luck on your head shave later today. Congratulations on your wonderful fundraiser. And Brenda, congratulations on your retirement after 35 years. Thank you very much, Doug. It's Brenda Baumeister and Peyton here on Moose Talks. Well, that's the show for today. Thanks to our guests, Rob Fraser and Brenda Baumeister, for being on the show. To hear this episode and older episodes of Moose Talks again, you can check out the energeticcity.ca podcast page now at energeticcity.ca slash podcast. You can also stream these podcasts over on the 100.1 Moose FM app anytime. You can download it today for free in the Apple App Store or on Google Play. Well, that's the show. Jordan Prentice and Trey Lopashinsky are the producers of Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. Be well.
Thanks for listening to this EnergeticCity.ca podcast. EnergeticCity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join.